Never forced, never coursed. Open discussions about things in life that matter to you most. From tech to TV, movies, and gaming, and everything in between. Streaming live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And be sure to join us every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern and Saturday night at 11 p.m. GMT for Weekend Chill, exclusively on Mixcloud. Welcome to Voluntary Input. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Voluntary Input. My name is Leo Allen. And like they say in the uh, television news business, Adam has the night off, which is always funny to me when they say that, because it's like, it's not like we know these people's schedule. Why, why are you telling me that so-and-so is not here? I don't know. <laughs> I always just think that's funny when they say that as if we, I don't know, maybe if, I, I guess it's kind of a nice thing to do. If it's someone that you really like watching and they're not there, maybe you're, maybe you're worried. Like, where is so-and-so? Anyway, before I jump into to talk about what I'm going to talk about tonight, I want to go back and do a couple of corrections of some things that uh, we said in the last episode. So we started talking about a little bit of uh, some Cincinnati history, and I've, as is the case, I mis misremembered some things. So I was talking about... Um, Mount Airy and Mount Healthy. Now, the thing about Cincinnati, technically it's rumored that it was built like Rome. And so the rumor has always been that it's built on these seven hills. Now, apparently no one really knows if this is true or where this came from, but in either case, there are these areas known as Mount. Now, the bit of history that I got confused was I was talking about Mount Healthy and Mount Airy. And I was talking about Mount Airy specifically with the TB epidemic. Well, that's not true. That's not actually what was going on. So actually the history I confused was in Ohio, there was a city known as Mount Pleasant. And what happened was the there was the cholera outbreak is what happened. And so what they did was they eventually changed the name to Mount Healthy because everyone in this area, you know, this area was established. Um, what was it in the 1800s, 1810s? And when the cholera started to hit, for some reason in this area, no one was getting it. You know, they were pretty much not even impacted by it like uh, the city of Cincinnati itself was in the sur surrounding communities so they decided hey we're going to change the name to Mount Healthy and plus also uh, apparently there was a another another town that shared the same name and so the post office was like well we don't want to we don't want to get the two confused so <laughs> so they changed the name from Mount Pleasant to Mount healthy and it was because of the cholera outbreak not because of you know i was talking about mount airy and uh whatever anyway you get the point so i was wrong on that and i just wanted to correct that and i also just wanted to talk real quick about the uh the field where adam was talking about his one of his boys practices football um we were talking it was camp denison and he couldn't quite remember specifically what it was. Well, uh, uh, Camp Denison was a, uh, it was a military training camp for the Civil War. And it was named after uh, Ohio's governor, William Denison, who was the governor at the time that the uh, Civil War broke out. So this, uh, this place was apparently pivotal pivotal for getting troops and supplies back and forth as well as for training and it also played 
uh, a major role in the uh, the Underground Railroad era, apparently, as well. So there you go, because uh, this area of, of Ohio was abolitionist, strongly abolitionist. So they also assisted with helping, uh, you know, getting slaves to freedom and, and whatnot. So there you go. I just wanted to clear up on those two things before we go ahead and dive into some other stuff. So, so like we said last episode, maybe we'll just do an entire episode dedicated to some, to some interesting history. I don't know if you guys are interested in something like that. If you'd like us to do that, we promise we'll do real homework and we'll say facts instead of just trying to remember things. Uh, just let me know, you know, just go to voluntaryinput.com and select contact and let us know if you'd like to like for us to do a deep dive history. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but Ohio has some pretty interesting history. You know, the older I get, I find out more and more things. It's like, wow, I didn't know that had anything to do with Ohio. Uh, I mean, just it wasn't until recently that I learned why the saying is, as goes Ohio, as goes America. But hey, that's another story. (laughs) Maybe we'll, like I said, maybe we'll touch on that later. All right. So uh, last episode, we also talked about uh, some of the backlash that Apple was getting for this uh, scanning of photos thing. So they had to come out again and kind of re-explain exactly what it is that they're doing. Um, So for one thing, this app that's going to be downloaded, that's coming with iOS 15, I believe it is, it is, it will in fact scan your photos and compare photos to a database that is provided by, um, uh, whether they call there for, um, the centers for missing and exploited children, they maintain a national database of basically images that are, you know, they, they show some of the abuses that can happen to children. And so there, there is a way to, to hash these photos and maintain this database locally on your device. Okay, now that's where the problems start, I believe, because they will be doing this in iCloud. Now, as far as them doing it in iCloud, I agree with what I've heard a lot of other people say. In a way, I, you know, that's, that's Apple's area anyway. If you're putting anything out on iCloud, if you're putting anything out on Facebook, out on Twitter, out on anywhere that you don't own, in a way, that's that company's property, and they do have the right to scan their own property to make sure you're not harboring anything that could be potentially harmful or dangerous. You know, a lot of people call this censorship or whatnot. I'm sorry, I I still disagree with that argument because again, that's not your property. Uh, you, you know, where you're storing this stuff, you're storing it in, on their property and you agreed to this when you sign up for this stuff. So make sure you read those in user license agreements. If you're not, if you're just scrolling down and clicking, yes, I mean, that's your fault. I mean, I know it's a lot, but Hey, if you want to get upset about it later, you got to remember you agreed to it. Okay. So that's that. So I do agree with what a lot of people have been saying. Hey, If you're going to scan the cloud, that's fine because technically the cloud is yours. I mean, I hope by now everyone understands the cloud is just a fancy way of saying someone else's computer or someone else's data center. That's all a cloud is. It's 
you're just putting your stuff out on somebody else's system for them to maintain and hold for you, usually in case of a disaster. So, you know, they can help you recover your stuff. The problem comes when, where do you draw that line? And even more so, your phone, is that your phone or is it Apple's phone? Because if it's yours, how can they just, you know, go through and scan stuff on it on your phone? Or is it really Apple's phone and they're just basically letting you use it and they can jump in and scan things and do whatnot anytime they want? Well, there is a caveat here. That app that will be put on your phone, you can actually disable that. So they clarified that, that yeah, it's not just going to just do it arbitrarily and you have no say so in it. So yeah, you can turn that off. But the thing is, as soon as you start uploading your photos to uh, iCloud, they're going to be scanned. There's no way out of that one. Uh, and this, this quote says, the message got jumbled pretty badly. Uh, this came from um, Craig... I don't know how to say his name, Federgiri. <laughs> He's the uh, company's senior VP of software, uh, software engineering. And he said, yeah, the message got uh, jumbled pretty badly. Well, it did. I mean, anytime you start, especially today, if you start talking about scanning people's pictures or you know anything like that, of course, the privacy advocates are going to speak up because, again, where, where is that line drawn? You know, yes, what you're doing is admirable and noble. Yes, we should be looking out for images like that. But, you know, where do you draw that line? Like I always say, too, maybe it's time we have a, a new discussion and perhaps even a new, clearer definition of privacy. What is privacy? So in either case... It's coming, and if you have an iPhone, as you guys know, I do Android, uh, but if you have an iPhone, it's coming, or if you buy a new iPhone, it's, it's, it's coming. So just be aware of that, you know, and if you have problems with it, I think your only recourse at this point is going to be, if you don't like what they're going to be doing, don't use iPhone anymore. However, you have to understand something. This type of scanning they're doing for these abusive pictures Facebook has been doing this for years. Twitter has been doing it for years. Google has been doing it for years. The thing is, this technically isn't new. But the problem becomes because Apple touts security and privacy so much when they step up and say, okay, hey, we need to start doing this. And they probably started doing this because probably some sort of pressure from authorities and whatnot They're, you know everyone's probably like hey how come all these other companies have to scan these pictures for this kind of stuff and flag and but apple you're not doing it you're not playing your part so i wouldn't be surprised if that had something to do with it too but the thing is if you don't like it and you stop using iphone don't think you're getting away from this sort of thing and i do believe this sort of thing is only going to continue to grow and spread into uh, other areas and of our lives, especially in the digital age. I mean, we, they, they, there has to be something done. And, and also to clarify as well, just remember, even though this app is scanning your photos and if it may ding them at that point, 
Apple puts a real person in front of the computer to look at the the images that the algorithm or if you will the ai has deemed so they can sit and actually confirm okay yes this is actually or is actually not problematic material so don't think that uh the robots are turning you into the authorities it, it, that's not how it's going to work and like i said in the last episode you can go and read through apple has published white papers uh in great in great detail explaining how it all works all right okay uh back on to activision blizzard these poor guys i don't um it's it's one thing after another now the diablo 4 director uh lead level designer and wow designer have left blizzard um they issued a statement saying we can confirm that lewis bariga jesse mccree and jonathan lecraft are no longer with the company and of course they go on to say you know they do have more development talent to fill in the shoes and take their place now we all know that this is uh amidst a lot of problems over at activision blizzard uh there's a lawsuit out in california basically saying that you know they've just been ignoring a bro culture that has grown and flourished now, before jumping to any conclusion as to why these individuals left, what I thought was perhaps they left not because there's going to be any allegations against them, because this article doesn't go on to say why they left. They just left. But I'm thinking maybe it's not that they're leaving because there's any allegations against them. Maybe they're leaving because they are also sick of the culture and they also want to make a statement by leaving saying, you know what? Yes, this has been going on long enough and no one is doing anything about it. And I no longer want to be a part of it. And if that's the case, I applaud them and I wish them nothing but the best. And I wished I wish their continued success in the future and that they can continue to go on and say, hey, look, this kind of thing can't be tolerated in any workplace. I don't care what level of development, executive, software engineer, lowly programmer, janitor, whatever. I don't care what you are, who you are. I mean, we got to do something about this sort of thing. This can't continue. All right. It's, it's 2021 folks. Okay. Come on. We, 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 we should, we, we should be better than this is, I guess is my, is my, my point here. We should be better. Enough of the uh, sexual harassment, enough with the offensive behavior, you know, enough with the racism, the hatred. Come on now, we could be better, especially in the tech community. We should be better. We can be better. And the best way to be better is to continue to talk about this sort of thing, continue to address it, continue to educate one another. You know, we can't use excuses like Cuomo. Oh, it was, I grew up in a different time or it was a different culture. No, that's no. Let's not do that. Let's let's move on. Let's do better, okay? Now, by doing better, we can also look at this Apex Legend developer who was uh, fired for past offensive comments. Uh, Daniel Klein, he was the lead game developer on Apex Legends. He had uh, he has parted ways with Respawn following the emergence of offensive deviant art blog post he published in 20, 2007. Okay, so on the surface, 
most people I think will say, good, he's gone. Because apparently there were some blog posts that resurfaced where he um, was making some derogatory and abusive content aimed at women and African people. And like we were talking last episode, and like I say all the time, folks, everything you post on the internet, don't forget the internet is forever. You can delete all you want. You can change your profile. You can you can change everything, but things you put out, they're forever. Because even if you delete it, there's the internet archive. And there's also, as in this case of these blog posts, the, the, the fact that someone somewhere has more than likely taken a screenshot. And that's how these uh, posts came back up. Someone had screenshots of it. But I do want to say this about Daniel Klein. He came on Twitter and he said this, and I applaud him for this. He said he takes full ownership of the things he said. He said, I'm embarrassed, sad, and anger at my younger self, angry at my younger self for saying this stuff. And I hope it is obvious that I don't believe these things anymore. And that ties back into the last thing I was talking about. Let's, let's grow up. Let's learn from mistakes and let's take ownership. He took ownership of it. Hey, dude said he screwed up. I believe him. I, that's all I can do is believe him. And you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be one of those people to say, yeah, he's scum of the earth. He should be chased down. Hey, guy was young and stupid. He admitted it. Now let's forgive him. Let's move on. Let's let him learn from it and grow from it. And let's all learn from it and grow from it. All right. So just remember two things, folks. First of all, don't be a jerk. You know, let's stop with all the hate speech and stuff like that. Don't be a jerk. And again, as a reminder, if you are a jerk, you put that stuff on the internet. Don't forget, it's forever. And for the rest of us, let's remember, when somebody like this comes back and says, you know what, dude, I screwed up. I'm truly sorry, and I'm not that guy anymore. Let's show him some grace and forgive him, all right? And again, that's, that's part of it. You know, let's grow from it. Let's learn from it. That's that's getting better. Let's get better, all right? All right. Let's let me get down off of that soapbox for a minute. <laughs> Voluntary input is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. You have an upcoming wedding, private party, school function, or corporate event? Or maybe you're looking for something different for your interactive brand. Then you really need to check out Happy 360. Happy 360 features a crystal clear 5K 360 degree video booth. It is the perfect addition to your event. I guarantee you this is like nothing you've seen before and your guests will love it. You simply hop on the platform and create your own 360 degree video of yourself or your group. You have to see this for yourself. Just go to happy360.biz and check it out. And while you're there, go ahead and reserve your booking today. That's happy360.biz. Terms and conditions apply.
unfortunately, like I said, Adam's not here tonight because he is... He's the crypto expert of the show. I don't care what you, what he says. I don't know what he, if you guys believe me. He knows more about this stuff than I do. However, I found this funny. Um, Mark Cuban says Dogecoin is the strongest uh, cryptocurrency as a medium of exchange. He said it's a medium that can be used for the acquisition of goods and services. The community for Doge is the strongest when it comes to using it as a medium of exchange. Now, the thing is, I don't know if you guys remember, um, uh, his, you know, Mark Cuban owns the Dallas Mavericks, and so the Mavericks started accepting Dogecoin as merchandise payments. So you can use your Doge to buy some Maverick stuff and whatnot. So it can be said, of course he's going to say these kinds of positive things. Why wouldn't he, right? But this illustrates something else, a, a kind of a dark side to cryptocurrency. And I, I, I know, and I hope actually, I hope that most of you have heard this about being careful about the, uh, the whole pump and dump that can happen. So the thing is, someone like Mark Cuban can say something like this, and guess what happens? The price of Doge goes up. Of course, you know, Mark Cuban, I mean, um, this isn't against him personally, per se. I love Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. He's one of my favorite sharks. You know, I think he's an all around good guy. But what tends to happen with a lot of this crypto is some famous person like him comes out and says something positive like this and it shoots up, right? Of course it does. But where the pump comes in is this, not just him saying that. It gives the impression that Oh, well, if Mark Cuban's invested in it, I'm going to invest in it too, right? Well, guess what happened after this article came out? A few days later, it was revealed that, and he actually admitted it, Mark Cuban only owns about $500 worth of Dogecoin. Now, you may think to yourself, $500, that's a lot. No, to a guy like Mark Cuban, $500 is like five-tenths of a cent. It's nothing. It's, it's basically pennies. So he can pump it up all he wants, and the, the, the danger here is the average person could go, oh, I'm going to go dump a lot of money in Dogecoin because Mark Cuban is, a, you know, he's rich, he's successful. He says it's good. I'm going to run out and get it. I'm going to put all this money into it. And then it tanks and then they lose a lot of money. Mark Cuban, if it tanks, if it goes completely under, he's out $500. But remember, he's not really out anything. He, does, he wouldn't even notice that $500. That's five-tenths of a cent to him. So I say all that just to just to let you know, when you start getting into all this uh, crypto stuff, be careful. You know, listen to listen to some people that you trust, and especially those who've been in it for a while, who know what they're doing. You know, don't just go by the headlines all the time, because the headlines can be misleading. I mean, th there is a time to jump in sometimes, but then you got to know when to jump out. So. Thanks to that little statement from Mr. Cuban, Doge has had a good run. So as we see, it has a one month surge to 100%. And there's those two names again, after Elon Musk agrees with Mark Cuban's bullish take on the crypto. So basically Mark Cuban's like, yeah, Doge is the best currency. So the best cryptocurrency for exchange. And Elon Musk chimes in and says, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I agree. I think he's right. I'm with Mark on this. So what does that do? 
again, that drives up the value of the Doge. Now, let's let's be clear. 100% run is... You got to remember Dogecoin started off as a joke. It wasn't even meant to be real. And it started off way less than a tenth of a cent in value. And the only thing that makes this value float is just these guys saying stuff like this. So as of Monday, it peaked to as much as 16% to a little over 30, 35 cents. So 0.351. And this was after Elon and Mark had made their little comments about it. <laughs> so, but guess what's going to happen after that? It's going to fall. So again, that was on Monday. Today's Tuesday. Let me, let me go ahead and pull up what, what Doge is at now. So remember on Monday it was at 31 cents. Uh, so today, well, it's, it's dropped down to 28 and it continues to fall. So again, these guys, they say something, that's the pump. And then it starts to fall. Now, whether or not they dump it, so that's what kind of happens sometimes. You know, someone high profile will pump up the, the value of something. And then once it gets so high, they sell it off, that's dumping it. And then they are, they're gone. And then most people will say, well, I'm just going to hold on to it because, you know, so-and-so said, said this, that, and the other. It's got to keep going up, right? Well, the next thing you know, it just completely plummets. Now, I know <laughs> I know some people who absolutely hate Dogecoin and they're like, it needs to go. It's, the, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's a black mark on the whole cryptocurrency world. I, I have no opinion because as far as I'm concerned, I haven't lost any money <laughs> on it. And I really honestly... I can at this point because I when I bought it it was so dirt cheap like I said it was like point zero one four, and it, it, it can't fall below that and even if it started to I'd be long gone before then alright another crypto news alright the new favorite golden child on the block is Cardano now Cardano is built a little different than Doge it actually has a lot of backing it has uh, more proof to it uh, one, card, uh, one expert, a crypto expert, says it is ready to run to $5. And I'm ready for it to do it too, by the way. <laughs> I bought in, I think it was $1.16. Uh, it keeps hovering around $1.30 every time I look. So it's, it's slowly, slowly creeping up. So prominent crypto analyst and trailer, trainer, trader, tongue-tied, Michael Vanderpope, who believes that Cardano's token is strongest coins out there, recently explains how the price could hit $5 in the near future. So he released a video on his YouTube channel on the 11th of August. And he said the recent price, um, he looked at the recent price action using technical analysis. And he had this to say, what is the target zone if Cardano is being is going to continue moving. That is very simple. We are looking at a continuation with, whoa, Fibonacci extension, with the Fibonacci extension. The next target zones for Cardano in a new impulse wave is $3.35 and $5. Is Cardano ready to hit the, hit 
ready for the run to $5? Yes, I think so. I think the market is heating up for another big wave. So, if this is true, now you guys can you can go check him out on YouTube. Go check out his video because he goes into more detail about you know how he explains this. His, again, his name is Mikhail Van de Pope. Uh, if this is true, you guys know what you should be doing right now, right? You should be buying you some Cordana. Just look for ADA on your crypto exchange. Uh, I personally use Coinbase for it. And start buying up now. Like I said, the last I looked, it could be a little higher now. It was at about $1.28. But if it makes that $5 run, this could be good. Not only for you, but for the crypto market in general. Because we know that Ethereum... 2.0 is coming soon. This is also going to be good for the crypto market. And guys, you don't have to look far to understand that Bitcoin ain't going nowhere. Uh, we already have government regulators looking into how to further, you know, shape and uh, craft regulations around Bitcoin. Now, you may think, oh, great, the government's getting involved. Actually, that's a good thing because that means they're finally taking it seriously which can only lead to taking the rest of the crypto market seriously. Now, you may look at all this and notice there are a lot of different coins out there, but you have to be careful and just only just don't don't think about jumping in and getting rich real quick. Because like most things, that's never a good idea anyway. You want to look at the long term with these things and listen to the experts. You know, I don't claim to be a crypto expert. I listen to the experts. And then I try to pass on the information to you as best I can. You know, I don't always get it right. That's why I try to point you to who is the expert who's saying these things. So listen to those guys, because the one, the established crypto, like the Bitcoins, like the Ethereum, and now Cardano, they're not going anywhere. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. So, you know, I admitted I initially poo-pooed on crypto at the time. And honestly, it was mostly because I didn't understand it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There was a lot to it that I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. How is this even valuable? This will never take off. It'll never catch on. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> All right. And lastly, this, this little piece, tidbit of information kind of made me chuckle. Because at first we had Apple not giving out chargers anymore. Well, guess what? It looks like Google has jumped on the train too. The Google Pixel 6 won't ship with a charger. Uh, they, they said that it expects the Pixel 5a to be the last phone to include a charger. That means the Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro won't ha include one when they arrive this fall. The company says that most people already have a USC charging brick so there's no longer a need to include one with his phones. You know, Apple and Samsung, like, you know, this Verge article goes on to say what I was talking about. Apple and Samsung made similar arguments when they announced they would no longer be offering an inbox charger. That would be true, but it's likely that the cost savings of not including a charger played a big role in those decisions. Because here's the big difference here with this. Google saying that most people have a, a USB-C charger is far more true 
than Apple saying that most people who already have iPhones will be all right without getting a new charger with a new phone. How this becomes problematic is because Apple said, we believe we have enough of our chargers out in the world. Okay, that's true. The problem is not everyone runs out and buys a new iPhone all the time. I know a lot of you think they do, but a lot of people don't. There are far, there are tons of people who don't. So they still have the smaller bricks that have the regular USB uh, ports on them. So when they finally decide, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get that new 12. They buy it and all they get is the USB-C to lightning cable in the box. That serves no purpose for them. So now they have to scramble and try to find a USB-C charger. Now it's different for Android manufacturers like Google and Samsung to say this because they have been on the USB standard, USB-C standard for years now. They never did the lightning port. They went from micro USB to USB-C. Easy transition. Also, if you don't have a USB-C charging brick for your Pixel 6, if you buy the Pixel 6, no biggie. You can go to like a Walmart or a Target and, and buy, you know, get you like a 15 amp USB-C charging brick. No harm, no foul. The problem often is with Apple products, if you do that, if you buy a non-Apple product and something happens to your phone, they tend to call you out for that. They'll tell you, oh, well, you voided any kind of warranty protection or whatnot. So again, you have to be extremely careful with that sort of thing. And again, so... Hey, if Google's no longer going to include a charger, I think that's fine because there is an abundance of USB-C chargers for these phones. It's harder for Apple uh, iPhone owners because you have to find a USB-C charger that's compatible that won't necessarily get you in trouble with Apple. Now, if you already bought like, I believe it's an iPhone 11 and you've moved on up to the next phone and the 13 and then whatever, yeah, you're fine because that 11 came with the USB-C charger. But any, any of you who had those little old, small white uh, Apple charging bricks and you go to buy a new iPhone, those are useless now. So to say it's for the environment, I, I think that's kind of, eh, Apple's kind of dancing on a, on a little bit of misinformation there because one thing is when you buy a new phone, now those little bricks that you did have, where'd those go? People are going to throw them away. Or for the people who buy the new phone and they don't have that charge, the correct charger, what do they tend to do? And I've seen it, that, U, that USB-C to lightning cable, yeah, they throw it away. So... I, it's, I don't think it's so much of the environment, even though Apple dressed it up like that. I agree with this Verge article. I believe it was more about cost for Apple. They were like, well, we just won't make those chargers anymore so we can save some cheddar. <laughs> All right, folks. So, well, this episode is going to be quite, you know, a little shorter. But I want to thank you for tuning in with me tonight and just hanging out for a little bit for this episode of Voluntary Input. And again, we stream live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You're going to want to join me uh, starting next week. I'm going, to, I'm going to have a special guest on, and we're going to start talking about, we're going to talk about a topic that keeps rearing its ugly head. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, I can't believe this is still happening, but yes, it is still happening. And it's, it's something, like I said, it's one of those things that we need to keep talking about it. We need to educate ourselves and educate others. Just not talking about it is never the answer. All right. 
And of course, be sure to tune in every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern and Saturday at 11 p.m. GMT on Mixcloud for Weekend Chill. And I want to thank you guys for the past couple of weekends. Uh, I haven't been talking about the charts lately, but what we did do last, uh, not last weekend, last weekend we did a Prince episode, but the weekend before, that weekend show actually climbed to 43rd on the global down tempo chart. So I want to thank you guys for that and continue to tune in and support. You know, when you're there, just select uh, support. It's $2.99 a month if you want to support that show. And I want to thank people who have been supporting it and who continue to push us up the global charts. You know, your support is, your support is literally invaluable without it. Couldn't keep bringing you that show and the music that you love to hear. All right. We would love to hear from you. Of course, if you want to be a guest on the show, or if you want to just drop us a line, just go to voluntaryinput.com and select contact. Now we changed the website up a little bit. And when you're there, you can also select subscribe. And what that does is anytime there's a new episode, you get notified. But of course, you could also subscribe to us and please rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. So subscribe, subscribe, download, download, and don't forget to leave us a rating. You know, those ratings, I don't know if you've heard this on other shows, but they do help. They help keep us, uh, our show um, pushed up and relevant, which also gives a, gets us more support. So every little bit you do does count all right all right guys well it's been as always a fun time hanging out and talking to you and i'll see you on the next episode thank you for tuning in to voluntary input take care